we're back again, episode four, Gift of the Gab. I'm your host again, Gabby. Um, today we have the incredible Georgia Straza from HSM Rafferty. Hello. Georgia, tell us about oh. you, who you are, what you do, what's your story? Well, the story is, uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm Georgia. I work for HSM Rafferty. I joined there last summer. No, the summer before. So I've been there 18 months. No, that's incorrect. Longer than that. Time flies. <laughs> I'm currently a commercial agent. So I work in lettings and sales of commercial properties. Very glamorous. <laughs> Georgia, why did you want to be a surveyor? I didn't. I finished my degree in July 2021. I did a degree in maths and I didn't want to be an accountant. I thought I didn't really have much in common with the people that were going down that path. Um, and I didn't really know what to do. My boss, Mark, offered me a job to join the company as a marketing assistant and I snapped his hand off and very quickly I have moved up and through the company and I'm now, yeah, training to be a chartered surveyor. So things move quickly. <laughs> so are you back at uni then to do your degree in surveying or...? No, so there's different ways you can do it. So my way is a bit longer, um, but once you can do most things without being chartered. So I'm currently not chartered and I do five years as unqualified. And then after the five years, I do like an interview exam and then you can become qualified. And is so that with Rafferty or do you have to go to a different board? To uh, so that's with uh, Ricks, who are like the chart... Um, Ricks are the chartered surveyor. Gosh, I should know that. They give you your qualification. So to become associate Ricks, I'll do it with them. But Hson Rafferty are sponsoring me through the programme. Wait. So you said that you didn't want to be an accountant. I'm not going to lie to you. I could never imagine you doing anything. Like your your personality is way too cool, way too big to be sort of separate and just beavering away with numbers and and stuff like that you're too cool for that but I think that <laughs> um, I think that surveying suits you like you're a people person definitely and I think I appreciate that not, I'm uh, too cool for numbers but uh, I love my numbers but I love people and I think I was worried that I would just be sat at a desk and to be honest I'm a bit of a salesman now that is more my sort of role we're in sales and I think it just suits me better but I still get to use my numbers brain so it's like the best of both worlds definitely what's your nickname for sales I don't know what is my nickname oh <laughs> the deal machine that is my nickname guys if you need a deal done in the commercial world Georgia is where I call myself the deal machine. I don't think anyone else has ever said those words. <laughs> Amazing. So tell me a little bit more about, I suppose, what your what your role consists of. Because I know that you are you facilitate a lot. So obviously I know you work with Hugo, I know you work with Mark, you work with Matt, uh, Elliot, so on and so forth. What is your day-to-day? -day? How how does that look for you? Yeah. So we're currently in a bit of a transition period 
Um, but day to day, I do a lot of organising of everyone's calendar. So almost the assistant role um, and making sure that people are where they need to be and what they need to do. But I'm kind of transitioning away from that because I want to focus on the surveying side because it's what I enjoy a lot. I do enjoy the um, moving everyone around and moving parts, but I felt like I was spreading myself too thin and I wasn't doing that very well. And I also wasn't doing the surveying side very well. I was kind of just spreading myself and doing little bits of each. So currently I'm moving more towards agency, which means I do a lot of my own viewings. I'm doing a lot of marketing reports. So going out and looking at them and telling you how much your property's worth. Um, and yeah, I'm out. I'm most of the time I'm out on site looking at properties and trying to match people to their dream property. I like to think dream being a bit dramatic there because I don't know whether an industrial unit is anyone's dream, but I try. <laughs> the commercial, I think that's what we're gonna. That's what we're gonna give you. What was that? Sorry. The commercial magic maker. Yes, I like that. That's my new byline. <laughs> thank you very much thank you very much <laughs> so with what you do and obviously where you sit in the business and this isn't just applicable to, to you and yours this is sort of like a, a general question do you think that digital management and the people in between so the facilitators the you know the supports the assistants and everything like that do you think that they are dipped over a little bit in in the working world as a whole do you think that they um are not looked at in a negative light because obviously without us the you know the wheels would fall off but do you think that they're treated and looked at differently to say for example like an apprentice who's almost fresh meat and then also somebody who is relatively seasoned whilst we're on the food topic that they've been in their industry for a long time and they're established i think so I think I've seen a bit of a shift since I've gone more into the agency side but I wouldn't say that I was particularly overlooked I think I'm very lucky in my my team however looking further afield from just my AR team which are great and appreciate you for and appreciate me for everything I do when I went a bit further then I felt a bit overlooked it was like the boys were the surveyors and I was just the assistant and they wanted to speak to them and not to me and I know a lot of that is experience as well and I tried to tell myself that but at the end of the day I think the job title did have a bit of an impact on that and I found it was more of an issue with people outside looking in mm -hmm. judging me rather than my own team yeah, 100%. I think um, I touched on it before in one of the previous episodes, but it's very similar to what happens here. Because I'm a girl, I'm not an electrician, I am relatively technical and I do pretty much everything. People within my business and actually within, I suppose, my industry to a degree that I deal with, they treat me I suppose you know with respect and they don't treat me any different but actually people outside of the business so I'll get phone calls and categorically these people don't want to talk to me they want to speak to Kyle straight away off the bat 
Um, but then annoying for them, Kyle has to push them back to me because they have to deal with me to get booked in and stuff like that. So I don't know if it's like, um, I don't know, like I, it's definitely not a culture thing. I think it's more of like a, I don't know, like a, I want to say expectation, but that's not really the way. I sadly think it's a gender thing as well in our industries. I think, I don't know about you, but I think a lot of the time it's a gender thing. Would you say that surveying is like a, a male-dominated world, would you say? Yes, most, 100%. Most definitely. I would say if you looked at 80, sorry, 100 surveyors, 80% would be white, middle-class men. It's changing and it's changing quickly and for the better, but it's still middle-aged middle-class white men is like a big is the main demographic of surveyors and i don't know if you feel the same with like a certain type of person as an electrician or whether it's definitely broadening you know what i do completely i i used to have a girl that worked for us and actually when she came in i said this on the last episode and when she came in i tried to give her like the, the realist expectations and almost like a reality check that because you're a female you're already 10 steps behind just because you're a female so absolutely in this industry it's a gender thing you then have some people won't know names but you have some people who are relatively well respected within our industry who will scream and shout equality for women great we need more electricians but actually on the sidelines they will be telling people that they think that women become electricians to uh, be influencers with the greatest of respect, I don't know what you're influencing, who you're influencing, or even what you're going to influence. But it's a bit, if if women want to get in the industry, we should really, you know, in an ideal world, be treated like the, the guys, so on and so forth. But then unfortunately for some women, and I've seen it myself, and some younger female electricians, they whine and moan too much. And actually, if this job is... It's really involved. You could be crawling through a loft hatch. You could be crawling through the mud. You might have to go into a space that is, you know, dirty, muddy, full of insulation and have 10 spiders hanging around your head. You ha you, you really have to do that. Right. But then you just you don't get uh, you don't get as much support. I don't know how people get into electrical contracting. But I think a lot of people that get into surveying get into it because their parents did it. And when I say their parents did it, their dad did it. So I think it's very much runs in the family. And I, do, I think it is changing, definitely. This next generation, I would say, is a lot more diverse in gender, background, race, everything. But I think for a long time, it was a white, middle class, middle-aged men that did it. So I think it's, it's just the movement from what they expect a surveyor to be or what they expect an electrician to look like or act and what they are now. And I think sometimes people forget and they go, oh, God, you couldn't possibly be a surveyor and know what you're talking about or possibly be an electrician and know what you're talking about. And it is just that being a few steps behind and being like, no, we're good. In your in your job, like when you're seeing people and you're speaking to people, do you feel that you have to overcompensate a little bit because you already know that they're thinking, why, why am I talking to you? It's yeah. A Bruce or anything like that. And I think to some part, that's a good thing. Not that 
gender as in that I overcompensate because I'm new I haven't got as much experience I don't always know everything off the top of my head so therefore I go into everything over prepared I always have my questions ready I always know what they're going to ask and and I can do that because I have practice and I know what they're going to ask now so I think it is in a way good and I think it's helping me become a better surveyor I just wish that it was just because I'm new and not just because I'm a young female which I think it is a lot of the time. I think if I had been in the role 10 years and I would look like this, then they would still treat me this way. <laughs> Definitely. I think surveying, I've always looked at surveyors that like um, it's a very well-to-do job, like a very middle-class, like, oh, yeah, I yeah. love polo cricket, darling, like surveying, yeah. that, that sort it of is. thing. I don't I, think that's changing, sadly. <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying <laughs> the boys I work with will will race will uh what's it called will laugh and joke about that um that they do look like your typical surveyor and they'll be the first to say that as well so yeah so are you the only female within HSM Rafferty that's surveying because I know that St Albans isn't just the only office I know you've got a few others no so even in my team uh there's another lady um she's actually a commercial agent so she's not a surveyor but it's the same sort of role um so she covers a different area um and then we are getting a lot more diverse in HSM Rafferty so I would say don't quote me on this because Casey our marketing lady will kill me but (laughs) 50, I think about 50% of the valuation team are women, um, which is obviously really high. And then the other departments is a lot lower. Um, so probably a third in other departments are women. But it's, it's changing and it's changing for the best. And I think our company is one of the front runners in equal, like equal surveyors that are male and female. So it's, it is really nice to be a part of and be around. I have been a shift in a sense because I know when I first started at KG uh, it was it was just dudes it was just yeah. like again um yeah, yeah polo cricket sort of thing and it was a bit it was a bit like an old man's club no disrespect love AR massive shout out but it is it was it was definitely over the last year it's like they've softened a little bit in 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 the right way and I think that's because again Casey She's female, she's marketing, you're female as well. You've other females within the business and within the office as well. And I think you're quite lucky that Mark and, and the other directors know that change is coming and know that there so. is a massive shift happening in society, in the world, and they need to move with the times because with, again, massive respect to them, but they're not going to be in there forever right so and I think they're quite aware of that as well and what you said about softening I agree with in that we don't want people to think that our knowledge is decreasing because we still all know as much as we knew when we were high up and up to do but perhaps we're more approachable now because that's how business is changing things are softening things are getting more relaxed and I think maybe that's I don't know but I think that's the way we're going a bit more in the approachable way and I would hope that people would feel that they can approach us a bit more now and really refreshing as well like I met you what, October yes I think so wow when I got my award oh no I didn't get my award when I was nominated for my award it was too soon it was too soon <laughs> um what I'm saying is back in October when I met you 
you're just like a breath of fresh air. And I feel like to have somebody like you in a business like that, that is quite old school in, in the nicest way. I see and feel and believe that you've been embraced with open arms from from Mark, from Hugo, from, you know, Matt and everybody else in the team. And it's somebody like you who will drive change because you speak up and actually you try and inject almost a different perspective, a different thought process different ideas because you are of the younger generation right and I think you as a female having gone through and going through what you go through with the whole gender difference you have a valid input so I think yeah I like I agree with you and I think what we're trying to do moving away from AR because I think that was a great point but I think what we're trying to do with things like the young chamber is move it not just away from our company our companies where we individually are well respected and listened to into a different organization and and like help bring other young people that have the same drive and the same ambition all together because like you said earlier we're the people that are going to make it go round when other people are retiring and moving away and it might not be now but in 10 years we will be the same sort of people that are around and the same you, these are the contacts that will be running the companies in 10 years for sure. And I think the great thing about the Young Chamber as well is like what I've really enjoyed is that I just meet people that I would never meet. Yes. For example, um, obviously I work in trades and there's a lot of professional services in St Albans. Um, I would never mix with them usually because our worlds don't necessarily collide. We, we don't really have anything to do with each other. So to actually meet people and again, hear their stories, talk to them about their drive, their ambitions, what they want to do, where they've come from and everything. I just think it's great to to start building relationships now and try and move it into, as you say, almost like a separate pond away from all of our, indivi- our individual businesses and put it in a central point that actually, as a whole in St Albans, we're going to be the next generation. Yeah, and I think from the people that are coming to the events I think they would agree that it's really refreshing and it's something different and there's a lot of networking in St Albans we're not going to be sitting here pretending that we're new and crazy and (laughs) there is a lot of networking but it's trying to find that middle ground between people that know what they're talking about that are important they're well respected and I don't really know the right words but yeah in their company they're doing great or they're running their company or whatever and getting them to mix when it's uh, not just around uh, like the directors of companies as well 100 percent, and i think for for us to be like the um, middle managers the magic makers and really the the wheel turners it's great for everybody like like-minded to get together as you say there's so many different networking you know it could be for construction professionals it could be for you know, thumbs, it could be for new businesses, it could be for marketing, it could be for anything, but actually to have a group of people that come from so many different backgrounds have so much knowledge on different things in different industries, that for me is really where it's at. And as we all know, I'm probably a little bit too overexcited, um, but I feel like all of us are going to do the greatest of things with the Chamber. And if anybody is listening, who hasn't been to an event, who doesn't know about us, 
come to the event and get it to it. Because it's so friendly as well. And that's what I like. Everyone is who's there wants to chat and wants to find out what you do because we're all still at that age where we're all sponges and we just want to learn as much as we can from each other. And I like to think we're still fresh faced and young. So <laughs> it's just a really nice environment. And I think I've really enjoyed them. I've really enjoyed organising them. And like you said, meeting different people that I wouldn't have always met in my kind of straight and narrow. <laughs> sure. So question for you, Georgia. Who would you say have been your biggest influences? And why? Two people. Oh. One. My mum, a classic answer. My mum is a boss lady. She's great. She has a very successful HR career. And she's just installed in me that you have to work for everything. And I have worked full time since I was 16 because she has installed this in me. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend I live in St Albans, for God's sake. I have obviously been privileged in some ways. But I have always been taught that you work hard for what you want and it will pay off. And I think she's done that most definitely. And I look up to her in that sense because she has absolutely smashed it. And she was top of her game for a long time. And she's slowing down now, but she's still very much at the top. And I just really look up to her in that. So. I'm sorry said that because I've actually got a note here basically getting by on your own merit yes working for what you want so similar to myself my mum has always said to me if you want something you work for it and you get it basically um and I feel that the reward is bigger when you've worked your absolute socks off to achieve something to get something win something or, or whatever um and I would like to think that other people have also been told that as well there's there's nothing more frustrating for me to meet people and they've been given everything but then it's still not enough and it's still a bit like oh poor me poor me and you know I haven't really had to work for it the car that I drive you know mummy and daddy got me that and this has been done for me and that's been done for me I truly feel that people like that don't have a true sense of the real world it's almost like yeah. living and I think it's good to be self-aware and yeah. it's good to be like understanding of the privilege that we we I don't know if you would say the same, but that I have I have had privilege, but I have also had to work really hard for a lot of stuff. And yes, being offered the job at H and Rafferty was great because it was who I knew, but I could very easily still be being a marketing assistant doing two days a week for, as a favour because, yeah. like, and I think you have to appreciate your privilege to then work for what you need for the next step for sure. because like you said everything if you want something you can get it as long as you work and I like as well achieving in your working world and maybe this is where my opinion has shifted a little bit before when I first started I thought I'm never going to make it in this industry I'm never going to be anything I'm never going to be anybody because I'm just a girl I'm not an electrician da, 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 you know poor me 
Now, six years later, I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, hold on. If I can get by on my own merit, like I'm talking the highest of the highs, the lowest of the lows, ready to walk out, you know, F this, F that. (laughs) I have achieved high and I still continue to achieve high. And I'm very fortunate that in our business, I'm enabled probably (laughs) more than, than, than most people. but. I think in order to do that, to, to get the best out of somebody, you have to give them support, basically. And I think it's shifted, in my opinion, that you can achieve high whatever industry you're in. So it could be male dominated. It could be you know animal dominated. It could be female dominated, whatever you like. If you want it, go and get it. But then I think that comes with a lot of tenacity as yeah. well. Achieving high isn't necessarily for the faint-hearted not that it's some sort of scary road but actually you need to be prepared to be knocked down told no told go away be lifted up to be broken back down again and and, then for me as cliche as it sounds it builds character I'm 32 I'm 33 this year I've been doing this six years and I feel like I've gone full circle to the person who used to leave and cry and be like I'm never gonna make it so now who are you talking to it's not me you can't talk to me like that so I think so I think I'm still a bit soft I think if I was giving myself constructive criticism I think I would tell myself to harden up and like you said like I am I am gonna be fine so I just think and I do think it's an age thing I'm 22 I'm only 22 and I think (laughs) and I think it I just I recognize it in myself and I know that I want to get better at it yeah. it's just looking at the steps of how do I do that I think that's what when the person I am today is not the person that I was when I started KG I was probably a bit soft similar to yourself um now I've just almost built a lot of resilience and I try and take things for what they are and actually not get bogged down by bits that you know is it really relevant does it affect my job no not really just just move on but I think that comes with experience and it probably comes with age as well yeah. but I, when, when I was your age God, I, was, I was an estate agent um, quite similar that was just I was like resilient to anything it, it was just water off a duck's back off a duck's back because I felt like at that point in time in order for me to succeed I couldn't allow all of the negativity and I couldn't get inside my own head basically so I was like on overdrive of just being like a, a sales monster really That's so good I'm so I'm so jealous I need some of that I think some days I have these I could defeat the world days and then other days I have these I want to cry about everything and yeah. But look, it, it it gets like that. Do you know what I mean? I think people certainly in positions that we sit in and being part of middle management, you do get pulled from pillar to post and you have great times, you have bad times. But I think the only advice I'd ever give anybody is try not to let the um the bad times out out outweigh the good, really, because definitely, definitely. Roller coaster. Nothing is permanent, everything is temporary. That's, no, I really like that quote. C'est la vie, as my boss would say. C'est la vie. So you said as well you had another influence in your life. So apart from Mama Straza, who, who else? 
Yes, the other one is, I feel like I've spoken a lot about him in this podcast, um, is Mark, my boss, because I just think he's just a boss and like he knows his stuff and I really look up to that. But he also spends a lot of time helping me and ensuring that I'm confident in what I'm doing. So instead of just doing stuff for me, he makes sure that I understand and then I have to do it on my own, which sounds really obvious. But I think a lot of managers would just do it and just cut you out because it's quicker. We just get it done and say, this is what it is. And then hope you would remember it. And I think that's, there's a lot of people that have really helped me so far in my current career. (laughs) But I would say that has really been a driving force in why I think I'm doing pretty well. (laughs) I do think, though, just on that, there is no one better in St. Albans for you to learn from. No, I I don't. We feel that there is nobody that holds as much weight as HSM Rafferty and Mark Bunting as well. So he is, he is HSM Rafferty, exactly. He is. <laughs> oh. um, so we're going to wrap up, Georgia. My final question to you is if you could give any advice to anybody that sits where you sit in your working world, so young, female, male dominated industry relatively new to their career what knowledge would you part with I think the main thing is don't be afraid to speak up uh you'll have a different view point to a lot of them and they might not have looked at it in a certain way and even if you think your view isn't they don't care they do and it will make a difference and you're there for a reason so don't just sit in silence Bravo, bravo. That was quite inspirational. I didn't mean for it to be inspirational. Off the cuff. Of course, of course. <laughs> but oh, thanks, Gabby. I really enjoyed. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you so much, George. I'm not going to lie to you. I was very excited there. For you. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, and I thought, oh, gosh, yes. Because just quickly before we go, I said it. On my last podcast, when you and I had a conversation about something that was going on and it was, you know, not great times, you said something to me. And actually, now I live by that. You said, whatever I do, I have to be true to myself and I have to be true to what I believe. And ever since that day, I literally like I tell everybody that I kind of when I get into situations, I'm like, no, it's fine. This is what it is. This is who I am. It's cool. It's fine. Stay true. And if it's not right, don't do it. So thanks, Georgia. No worries. Thanks. You're always, I feel like you've given me some good advice as well. So I think it's just about sharing the little wisdom I have, the little, the little nuggets that I have. (laughs) Exactly. Women supporting women, girls supporting girls. Well, I'm going to love you and leave you again. Thank you so much for coming on. And if anybody sees Georgia, out and about surveying in a pub young chamber (laughs) freely and wildly please go and talk to her she has so many nuggets of wisdom you need to hear it we've got to do it thanks thank you so much